0: Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. Another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Dango. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Got a big show today. We got Seth from Locked On, Minnesota Wild on the show. Uh, Just some regular off season content we talk about the lightning we talk about what's been going on with the wild this was from a couple of weeks ago so it might be a little bit outdated but still a fun episode episode nonetheless also if you've been following the the platforms on twitter for locked on nhl we have a top 75 players of top 50 excuse me players of all time on the locked on nhl podcast Uh, Go ahead and listen to that as some of the hosts on the Lockdown NHL podcasts uh, for the national show go on. So go ahead and listen to that as they talk about that stuff. Uh, Coming up on this week, big announcement. We got Ross Colton lightning forward on the show tomorrow. Uh, Super excited for that interview. We're going to have Ross on to discuss everything going on. Uh, in the offseason, what's his offseason looking like? How is he prepping for this year? Uh, we also go into stuff uh, with just surrounding the playoffs, uh, being the hero of Game 5 in the Stanley Cup Final. So can't wait to bring that out for all of you. In the meantime, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at L underscore Lightning. Give us a follow on Instagram at lockdown underscore Lightning. Before we get into the conversation with Seth from Locked on, wild. Let's talk about one of today's sponsors, and that is betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers And the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Go ahead and get that, that cash back today and get that hundred percent welcome bonus as well when you use that promo code locked on. That's the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag. So without further ado, here is Seth from Locked On Wild.
0: Welcome to a special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Lightning here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Seth Topol, host of the Locked On Wild Podcast. And I am joined by a special guest here today. That, of course, is Adam Denker, the host of Locked On Lightning. We're going to talk some lightning off-season, some wild off-season. And since we are both huge Game of Thrones fans. We'll discuss that as well. Adam, what's going on? How are things?
1: Uh, you know, just getting back in the swing of things uh, for the upcoming season. It feels like, and, and maybe this is just me, but I, it feels like around this time of the offseason, like once the, the entry draft is done and over and a lot of the big moves from free agency are done and we're really kind of, past the first couple of days of arbitration we're like in a grinding halt right now it, it seems like October is is like a million years from now I don't know how it feels for you I don't know because I know there's been a lot of drama that we'll get to surrounding your team so I don't know if you're happy about that or you know because granted my, my team is on 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 Back to coming off back to back uh, cup wins, trying for a third. So I'm just ready to jump back into it. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of I don't know. I feel like the entry and the expansion draft just went by in the blink of an eye, and now we're just waiting for training camps to start. <laughs> yeah, like I I'm at that
0: exact same point. It's just for me, it seems like pretty much the only thing that I do is I I scour Twitter. And look to see if there's a Caprizov update. Look to see if there's a Fiala update. And once I have completed both of those, then I just repeat. And it's just this never-ending cycle. And I hate it. Mm. But, you know, that's, that's just what the off season does. And it allows you to, you know, change your opinion on things 30,000 different times like I have on almost everything going on with the Wild right now. And so, you know, there's no shortage of chances for talkers, but, you know, it's just, I just want the season to start, get this stuff all taken care of so we can just go to playing hockey and worrying about all of that. And your Lightning can worry about a potential for a third consecutive Stanley Cup, which must be nice. I mean, (laughs) I, I have never, okay, I shouldn't say never, the Twins won the World Series when I was like three years old. Um, they won it back in 1987. They then won it in 1991. So I was like, th- I was three or four at the time that they won the second one. They haven't, Minnesota has not won anything since. So I'm just in this perpetual state of like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, well, the, the key with the twins is you can't play the Yankees in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Try to avoid oh, those that's guys. Right. I forgot.
0: You are you're a New York guy. I forgot yeah. about that.
1: Yeah, but I'm a Met fan, so we're okay. Oh, yeah. So okay. I, I live kind of in this perpetual twilight zone uh space, you know, even though they are having a good season, they just blew. First place in the East, so we're, we're not going to talk about that. um But yeah, with the Lightning, it's I, I have yet to make an official statement on my show about is a repeat like a realistic thing we should be looking at, or let's just enjoy the high from the last two years and it whatever happens happens. I'm still kind of waiting to see how training camp goes and just you know all the possible lines that we have. But and, and it's funny with Lightning fans you're either you're either on one side of the aisle or you're on the other it's not like you're in the middle with me which is interesting I think that's a lot of a lot of it has to do with the fact that the last it's been forever since a team has 3 it in the NHL uh the last time a professional sports team has 3 it, correct me if I'm wrong was the Lakers in the early 2000s probably that sounds right yeah the the Shaq and Kobe Lakers and and a lot of light, a lot of Lightning fans are also Buccaneers fans who have, I think, a very good chance to repeat as Super Bowl champions this year as well. So I I think a lot of it has to do with the Champa Bay um name. I'm still waiting to decide. I mean, in terms of, you know, the hardest part with repeating, and we saw it last year, was replacing the guys that you lost in the offseason. Um trying to find guys who could contribute, who haven't really contributed as much in years past or are waiting in the wings to contribute. And this year was a little bit, as we all know, a little bit more of a difficulty for general manager, Julian Breeze boss up against the cap, which nobody saw happening two years ago. Um, which is why the lightning have some of the highest contracts, AAV in the league with Vasilevsky, Stamkos, now Braden points in that mix Kucherov's in that mix um, but I gotta say, if, if I had to grade this, this offseason thus far, cause who knows they might make more, more deals. I wouldn't take that off the table, but I would have to give them an A plus all things considered, um, you know, s- signing Corey Perry, which was kind of funny just because he's lost the lightning the last couple of years, first with Dallas and now with Montreal. So really bring it in the, if you can't beat them, join them attitude, which, I can't wait to see how he is on that fourth line with Patrick Maroon and uh, Pierre-Edouard Bellemire. Uh, That's just going to be an absolute just gauntlet of muscle coming out there. And then you, and then you pair that up with the defensive pair with Sergachev and foot possibly going out there with those guys. It, it, I feel bad for any team that's going to have to go through that. Uh, probably I want to say for what, probably 15 minutes a night. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm optimistic. If you had to put me on the spot right now, I guess is a good time as any to say on my show. I if if you had to to rate one through ten, uh, the chances of them 3 repeating, I would say eight point five, barring some catastrophic okay. injury to to a major star in this team, especially if it's Vasilevsky. Uh, and then on the other side of things, with that, with your team, just been drama all around the board. Um, your GM looking to make some cuts uh, and you know, a lot of people are talking about Kaprizov right now, but I really want to talk first off about uh, the whole Parise Suter situation was, was that, were you as shocked as those guys when, when it was announced that they weren't being bought, brought back? So I was surprised
0: that Suter was bought out with what happened with Parisi, and I'll do, I'll do a little background here. So Obviously, Zach Parise did not have a year that he would have said was successful in what he wanted to do, what the team wanted to do. There was that um, there was that ugly incident in Vegas where he stayed on the ice to try to help Marcus Felino get a hat trick and the wild ended up blowing. I think it was I think it was a four goal lead in that game yeah. or it was like a two goal lead late. And they ended up losing in overtime because he stayed on the ice for an additional shift. Ended up getting benched for that and ended up basically being the odd man out after Nick Bugstad returned from his injury during the middle of the season. So you had that. He came back in the playoffs and looked pretty good compared to what the rest of the team was doing against the Golden Knights in the first round. But there was a lot of talk right after the season ended. Uh, about what Parisi's future looked like here in Minnesota. And he said all the right things saying like, I'd like to come back, you know, Minnesota's my home. They've been good to me. We'd like to, you know, finish what we started out with when these contracts were signed. And Garen, you know, said that they had had discussions and that they weren't going to release what was said. And then it went quiet for a little while. And then boom. The news came out that both players had been bought out, and I mean, the math is not great. So you get a little cap relief this year, which the Wild used with some of the moves that they made in free agency. There's a little bit of cap relief next year. There is no cap relief two years after that. So there's a two-year period of They're basically entire cap hit is on the roster without them actually being part of it. And then after that, it alleviates and it's combined. I think it's like $1.6 million in dead cap money for both of them. But as I think about this more and more, I mean, I was flat out shocked that Suter was was bought out because I thought, as we saw, Dallas thinks that he still has a lot of good hockey left in him signing him to a four-year deal without even blinking an eye. I think it came down to Bill Guerin just wanting to have concretely in front of him what it was going, what ramifications, what the ramifications were going to be with them not being on the roster, as opposed to what the other alternative would have been, which is to say, let's trade these guys and, you know, pay a part of their salary. And honestly, I think a lot of why this was done was to prevent the, the salary recapture, um, which was put in because of the 13-year contracts that they signed initially. So I think that was a huge driving force for Garen was I don't want to get bit by that unexpectedly. If we get down the road and we're trying to build a contender and then all of a sudden they retire... And you get hit once or twice. And then you're in a really uncomfortable spot of, hey, we've got what we think could be a competitive team that's one or two pieces away, but we have no money. So I think he just, I think he wanted to get them on the books so that he knows what it's going to cost. And there's no surprise. Yes, it's going to be difficult to try to um, navigate that. But there's no surprises, and so he can put together a little bit more of a retool and rebuild plan, having that stuff on the books, and just kind of go with it.
1: Yeah, and and we kind of spoke briefly before we hit the record button about this, and and I want to get a gauge on what you think is going to happen. How much of a trickle-down effect is this going to have coming into the season in the locker room?
0: Well... That is very interesting because those they they both wore the A. So obviously they were a huge part of you know the leadership of this team. And it's it's gonna leave a void, but I think we're starting to see kind of the shift in that, you know, Jared Spurgeon wears the the C and is the captain for this team, and he is very much of a lead by example type player, kind of a, a do, do as I do, not as I say. Mm-hmm. And so you've seen, like, you've seen him step up and become kind of the leader of this team. We've got other guys. Marcus Foligno has become kind of a vocal veteran leader of this team. Um, You know, and we've, we've seen some of the other younger players step into leadership roles as well. And so I, I think... Garen obviously was comfortable enough with who would step in to fill that leadership void um, to also make this move and not worry about there being any sort of like divided locker room kind of a thing. You always worry. You always worry about that in these types of situations is that there's going to be a handful of players that say, I don't agree with this move. And they end up becoming kind of disgruntled. And then some of the, the rest of the guys are like, know okay yeah this was this is what we should have done I don't get that sense with this team Uh, I think there are enough guys that have kind of stepped into leadership roles so that we don't really have to necessarily worry about much of a trickle down
1: yeah and and actually since I asked you that and I haven't seen anything on Twitter connecting the two things but as everyone knows by now Guys are kind of in a little bit of a situation with your young goal scorer and Kareli Kaprizov. Um, do you think what happened with not just Suter and Parise getting bought out, but how it went down? Um, the story for my listeners who probably are not as informed. I believe Bill Guerin called Parise first. He didn't pick up for whatever reason. And then he called Suter and it didn't pick up. And then Suter called him back and Um, that's what happened and found out over the phone. And, um, do you think Kaprizov looked at that and thinks, why would I want to sign a long-term deal with this organization? If that's how they're going to treat some of the guys that have been here for the long run.
0: You know, I, I like to think not because, you know, as much of, as much as we like the, um, I, I, I could see both sides of this. Because as much as we like, you know, all the hometown stories and cheer for that kind of thing happening, this was a business decision that Bill Garrett. made. And so like, you know, as calloused as that sounds, it was a decision that he made. And, you know, I'm sure he would have liked to have handled it better. Then again, maybe not. Maybe this is just the way that he felt like he needed to handle it, but you know, regardless of how it went down, I think Kaprizov is more concerned about the long-term plan of this team. And this, for him, probably was a look at what Garen wants to do. Like He wanted to get that stuff off the books. Mm-hmm. And yes, the next, say, four years are going to be a little bit of an adventure. But that allows this team a really good opportunity to develop a good young core some great prospects, Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy, Jesper Wallstead, who they just drafted, you know, they've got a great core of prospects that are going to get a full amount of time to prove that they can crack it at the, uh, the NHL level. And then that fifth year, Garen can do whatever he wants with this roster. And that is when he's going to really make his mark. And so Kaprizov could have seen that and said, "Okay, so this this is going to be a bit of a long-term plan. Maybe I want to try something a little shorter for a deal and test what's available in free agency." The Wild obviously want to sign him for as long as they can. Yeah. But you know, the the biggest sticking point between Caprizov, his agent and the Wild has been the length of the contract. If Garen can get it to five years. I think he can convince Caprizov of here's my plan for this franchise past this. Mm-hmm. If you can just get through this choppy water with me, we've got some big things that we can do after that. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating question. I hadn't actually like considered what Kaprizov's stance was um, on those two. And you know, I'd be lying if I said that it probably wasn't something that he at least considered. Um, but I, I really, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the extent of the effect that that will have on his thinking. Um,
1: yeah, I always like to look deeper into these kind of situations that teams go through, whether we're getting the full story or not, because just because I feel like If we knew more and and we talk about it in the host chat a lot, and I'm sure, you know, hosts talk about it outside of the chat. How can, you know, the game obviously needs to be promoted more uh, and better. And and I feel like as it is unfortunate to have these kind of issues for certain teams, I think that's the best thing for the sport. I think the more we know, because we look at the NBA, I mean, it's like a soap opera almost to a certain degree. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that really uh, fans should really dive into and really take a look at. Uh, and, and I would I would say, you know, if the Lightning had some cap space, maybe throw him a, a phone call and see if Carilli wants to come. But they have at this moment zero cap space, a big old donut. Um, uh, but w- with your wild, I it, it's not like they were a bottom of the seller team. And that's the thing that I think some hockey fans don't realize is that, yeah, you guys have very good prospects waiting in the wings. And I'm excited to see how that, how that translates to the ice going in the future. But um, you guys made the playoffs this year. Uh, you took Vegas to seven games and it it wasn't like you were really outmatched in that entire series. I mean, Vegas kind of took a little bit to to lift off throughout the playoffs, but I, I was able to catch some of that series and I thought Minnesota played very well. And they, they matched Vegas for the most part, punch for punch, except for game seven, obviously, but I'm excited to see what they do in the future. I think, you know, if you look at what these contracts were, Zach Priest is 37. He's, and his game yep. has really, his game has really declined from his days from when he was in New Jersey. Um, and, and really he's not that same player anymore. So Yeah. It, It's tough to see those players go, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And, you know, we know all too well in Tampa with Blake Coleman going to Calgary, which I think was probably one of the toughest moves that, you know, unfortunately it was inevitable. But at the same time, you know, you hate to see a guy like that go, especially who had such a huge effect, not only on the team, the locker room, but on the community uh, within the short span that he was here. Uh, And then Yanni Gord in the expansion draft, uh, which was I I really at one point thought they were going to take Alex Klorin for some reason, Um, you know, because Lightning fans may know a couple of weeks back prior before the expansion draft, Alex Klorin was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. And, yeah, he was fooling around and saying, you know, don't take me. I have a broken leg. But I feel like no one says that without unless they are actually really worried. About about leaving. exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you don't kind of you don't kind of float a nugget like that unless you are serious about it.
1: Yeah. So, it, you know, it's it's interesting how Julian, the, the breeze boss, the, the general manager was going to go about. And like I stated before, I did a fantastic job. There was also a talk uh, and I spoke about it with my Locked on NHL co-host, uh, Chris Massilli of Locked on Abs. Um, that I heard through the grapevine that for a minute Seattle was seriously considering taking Matthew Joseph as kind of not only just because Matthew Joseph has really progressed since coming to, to Tampa, but only also because of kind of like a middle finger in solidarity with the other, with the other teams in the league towards Tampa with their whole cap situation. Because if you keep Yanni Gord, you're talking about five and a half AVAV still on the books which would have been an interesting move to see how the lightning would have attacked that whole situation. And and I'm kind of crowdsourcing some of the NHL hosts right now. What was your whole thought process dating back to the beginning of the playoffs when everybody was in, when a huge uh, making it a huge deal about, you know, bringing Kucherov back and technically being over the cap, but everybody chooses to forget that the Blackhawks did that during the prime of their cup runs a couple of years back as well.
0: Yeah. This is not, this is not a new trick.
1: Like it is
0: it has it's something that has been available to every team. It's just that some choose to use it and some do not
1: yeah and, and I think that's a good segue to our Game of Thrones talk because really, what that did was make the lightning the bad guy of <laughs> of the league, which I found it interesting just because and uh. My listeners know this and, you know, you brought up before I am from New York. Um, I am by heart a lifelong Rangers fan. Um, I always kept an eye on the lightning and I always rooted for them because one of my top five favorite players growing up was Marty St. Louis. So, you Mm know, um, but it was always so I'm kind of unbiased in the whole situation. To Kind of echo what you said. Yeah, they did something that they took full advantage of a loophole. Uh, something that not a lot of NHL teams do, but it's so interesting how quickly the league turned on everybody turned on the, on the lightning and really what they are. They, they're the Lannisters right now, as you, as you brought it up on Twitter earlier today, which is funny. Yep. And, and I kind of throw one back at you saying that the wilds were probably the gray joys just because you guys are <laughs> striving for success. You think you're doing all the right things. you're, being aggressive in weird situations, um, and it doesn't work out at, at the least. And, and it's just, I, I, I'm curious to see how much hatred is going to be sp- uh, thrown at the lightning on Twitter this year, because that's really where it kind of originated. You didn't really see any media campaigns from other clubs, except maybe the Carolina Hurricanes, which I feel like Locked on Hurricanes host Jared Ellis had something to do with that. But um, because he was he was a huge hater throughout that whole process. But, yeah, I, why don't we why don't we throw it into the Game of Thrones conversation? I'm not fully sure. done with the with, with the with the show yet. But just to say, and I'm sure your listeners and, and the followers on Twitter could just following you on Twitter throughout the whole process of you watching it has been absolutely incredible. Um, It was it was probably almost when I started watching breaking bad during the beginning of COVID, that's the only thing I could equate it to. I, I watched breaking bad for the first time when COVID started. And it's, it's kind of like how a lot of people see when they start at the office, the first couple of episodes, maybe the first season's a little rough, but once you get through that wall, it's, 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 it's It's ridiculous. It's gold. And, and I said it to you in, uh, when we were messaging back and forth about it, I said that it's dangerous because yeah, the episodes are about an hour long, but really, if especially on a, on a day off from work or, you know, whatever the case may be, especially in the off season of the NHL, where like you stated before, there's really not much to talk about. I mean, you could throw through an entire season. If you get up early enough, you could, you could finish maybe a season and a half, just, just going through that. And let's take another moment to talk about an, two of today's last sponsors, and that is, first of all, Built Bar. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the world. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? So there is something for everybody. They got flavors like coconut, cherry, barcia raspberry, salted caramel, double chocolate. Uh, My favorite flavor is probably the cookies and cream. That's a great one. I mean, they're all great. So you can't, you know, it is kind of hard to single one out. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you could get a mixed box or you could get two uh, two of each for nine bars total. Most bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4-5 to five grams of sugar and only 4-5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Uh, offer today. if You ca- you got to capitalize on this, people, because this is a great deal. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built Bar. Com. And last but not least, today's last sponsor of the day, and that is DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login For the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before. So you could watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And what's the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get that TV together with Directv. You could learn more with at directtv.com That's directtv.com compatible device require contents varied by package. Go ahead that and go for more information at directtv.com And now to finish things up with Seth.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a night last week, where I watched four episodes Like, I watched, I got home, I watched two, then I ate, and I recorded the next day's show, and then I watched two more. And, like, with Thrones, I, I haven't necessarily experienced this with other shows, and I think it's just because of the subject material and the graphic nature that that is depicted. Yeah, There have been points where I'm like, I need to decompress this a little bit, like... I need a little bit of a break Mm -hmm. and you know, certain points. I mean, I, uh, it was the end of, I think it was, I think it was the end of season three. It was the end of season three. Yeah. Very, very. And I don't know, like I waited long enough to where spoiler alerts. I think have, yeah. Um, have passed the red wedding happens. And I was like, Oh my God. And my favorite part, too, in just talking a little bit about, like, the journey through this, like, I waited long enough to where, like, I had seen some of the spoilers when Game of Thrones was happening in real time. Right. I waited long enough to where I legitimately forgot what had happened.
1: That's how it was for me, because I probably, so I have, I, I live by, like, a code of rules when it comes to these shows that are super hyped up and you have everybody coming from all angles saying, you got to watch, this. you got to watch this. And that's how I was with breaking bad. I, the one thing that annoys me more than anything is I So I like to binge shows. So yes. when I binge a show and I have to wait for season two or three or whatever the next season to drop, that's super frustrating to me. I need, I need all nine seasons locked and loaded, ready to go in the barrel. <laughs> and so that was part of the reason why I stopped watching game of thrones i think when i started game of thrones they just were in the middle of the last season so all the spoilers were kind of here and there and then so i stopped at right after jason momoa dies in the early seasons yes and part of the reason i stopped because i really thought that was a lame reason for him to die i loved his character so much and I agree
0: fully. I agree fully with that statement.
1: You have this guy who is like just a great character doesn't do very, very much in terms of dialogue. And he gets killed off because of an infection or whatever. I don't remember the exact reason probably should have been a foreshadowing to COVID, but that's a whole nother subject matter. Um, and then I stopped, I don't know, cause I, I told you in the chat before, um, I when I watch shows, I don't remember which season was which because I'm binging three, four seasons in the span of a week. Yeah, you just remember the plot points exactly. Um, where I last left off was probably, um, probably when um, <clears throat> they face off, they go against the wall, and they they team up with the. Uh, with the wild people and they fight uh the White Walkers. sport, uh, just a disclaimer to all the people. You by the way, I'm talking about the show. You would have think I've never watched an episode, but it's just I I just I forget everything very quickly. I forget names, I forget places. Um, but yeah, insane show. And and it's and I was telling you before with the books, it's like very, very different, and they leave a lot of out for good measure because. I don't think HBO would have been able to air some of the episodes if they kept strictly to the book. <laughs> no. Uh, well, and like like
0: you alluded to, they're just there's so much going on, and I would say my one gripe, but there legitimately is no way to fix it, is the amount that they bounce around. Yeah, like, just because there are so many characters and so many. Plots and storylines to keep Track of yeah but there's No there's no other way to do that like You have to just pop in For a little bit and I Mean they've they've had Parts of the season where they just do Like extended Looks at a particular thing that's Going on like the uh, The wildlings trying To get past the wall Like that became basically its own episode Which was great but, like, they're just, there's so many characters, there's so much plot that your brain just is, like, trying yeah. to figure it all out. But yeah. and, there's no better way to do
1: it. No, not at all. And But the, the one thing that Game of Thrones does, well, at least for me, is, like, it makes me hate the characters, like, with a burning passion, certain characters. Um, for example, Sansa is just, I, I get immediately, like, irritated. When I see her on screen, just because the first couple of <laughs> cursed couple of seasons, she's just like the worst person to be around. Like she's just doing her own thing. Doesn't help her sister out. Like when, when she she's she meets Joffrey and then three seconds later, she's into him and she wants to spend the rest of her life with this guy who is clearly a sociopath. Um, so right. obviously she has a bad, bad taste in men. Um, and then when he gets killed, is just like broken up about it and automatically is doesn't do anything to help her father um, when that happens. And then just abandons Arya um, and then Bran on the like, I, I just have I just have issues with the entire Stark family. There's certain like like John is good. That's that's my guy. I love John, of course. But I, I think we, we spoke about it a couple of days ago. Rob, Rob should really be the face of the show. I think what happened at the red wedding was a travesty it was an absolute. I was travesty. devastated. <laughs> he was at that point.
0: He was at that point, I think my second favorite character. Yeah. And, and he's just gone. And so I hate to do this to Jared, but I think in terms of NHL teams, I think Carolina is the Starks. <laughs> like there is, there is nobody left. There are a couple of players left, but you just look at like what they were and what they are now. And you're like, oh boy, I like to have taken a hit.
1: I would like to classify each family member. And I think this is a good thing to kind of like end out the talk and tie this whole <laughs> uh, episode with a bow is if you had to pair each, uh, Stark member to an NHL team based on personality or or whatever the case. Ooh. I think I think like Rob is probably the Nordiques just because people love them. And then right when the team was getting momentum and they had all this talent, they get moved out of Quebec, which is kind of like the NHL equivalent of getting murdered. So <laughs> I I think exactly. Sansa, to me, is probably the Montreal Canadiens just because of the um, the extent of how much he complains and just some of the moves <sighs> that he makes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love that. Theon, by extension, is probably... I don't know. I, I feel like he's almost the Vegas Golden Knights just because of how backstabby he is. I mean, we saw it in recent years with some of the things that... Most notably Marc Andre Fleury, like Vegas is not willing. They they don't shy away from anything, you know. They're they're a very cutthroat organization. Um I I don't know if you could maybe uh maybe pair up any other characters as well. Um I feel like so I feel like
0: for Ned, if I was gonna have him be a team, it would be one of the like the OG franchises, like the original six. Yeah, just be, because he like is super like honorable, sticks to his guns. Oh, he's Toronto,
1: hundred percent.
0: <laughs> wow, uh, yep, <laughs> that's that's the one. Like, it's just same thing, pretty much, pretty pretty straightforward. You know what you're getting, and gets to the only other character that I would potentially say was Toronto. Was the Viper? Mm. You get to essentially a three to one lead in the trial by combat, and are basically like tap dancing on the grave of your opponent, and then lose. Yeah, but I think I think Toronto is a is a really good comp for Ned too, because mm. Toronto is like Toronto's really good. Like they they are a really good team, but when it comes down to it and you know, you got to make like a quick decision and you got to kind of do something you maybe wouldn't necessarily do to win.
1: Yeah. There's just, there's just like a blueprint that's been in, in place for years. It's like, it's like if Ned was like the GM, I mean, he could slide into the GM position of Toronto like tomorrow and, and nothing would change. <laughs> it's like, it's like we need a goaltender. Well, we're going to sign a defenseman who could score. So <laughs> um, I would have to say, Cersei, uh, even though we're jumping families. <sighs> I mean, that's a tough one because we'll do anything. So, to Cersei for me.
0: Is just the team, the team that you hate, but you also kind of respect.
1: So like the Department of Player Safety?
0: (laughs) That'd be good. Because like with Cersei, her motivations are always, at least from what I've seen so far, are always very apparent. And are pretty out there, like in the open. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to you whether you like or hate them and agree or disagree. Like, you know what you're getting. Yeah. You either like Cersei as a character or you hate Cersei as a character. And so, yeah, Department of Player Safety is spot on. Yeah. I, Kiss.
1: Well, that's the thing with Cersei is that like you love to hate her. But the other thing is that you have to have a certain level of respect for her just because of she realizes what she's doing is like ridiculous but in her mind it's the only way she's going to be able to and and her whole shtick is leaving a legacy for her kids because that's all she cares about um tyron lannister probably just steve yeiserman as a gm just because he he (laughs) seems like he's three he's three steps ahead of everybody at all times and like some of the some of the you don't know what his where he's going with certain things what the whole plan is at the end uh it almost seems as at certain situations she's just making it up as he goes along and I kind of felt that when he started in Detroit um but at the same time when when I had the crossover with the guys with locked on Red Wings I said just you're you're gonna see a certain formula that he's gonna be doing um basically (laughs) cleaning house with everybody but you know um Dylan Larkin up there Daenerys Targaryen is an interesting one whether she's a team or she's an NHL personality you know just doing whatever she wants to get what she wants just letting the world burn around her um could we put her as gritty Well, i don't know because gritty is not you see she's very vocal Daenerys i the-
0: fair very, that's the thing yeah.
1: very gritty simple. gritty looks like he's out of like a hannibal lecter disney movie like that's that's what <laughs> um I, I i don't know like I, I would say daenerys is probably i want to say he's like oh i don't know um i feel like he she would be like a front office personnel she would probably be like James oh, she's Chris Drury. that's what she is. Chris Drury in the first couple of days as GM of the Rangers. <laughs> just 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 like cleaning the house, coming in. um, you know, she brings in brings in Ryan Reeves, who I guess we could just classify as the mountain because she just bringing him in just to take care of Tom Wilson. Um, and then the the last character. I think that I could at least compare it to it unless you have another comparison, but Aria Stark is hundred percent Brad Marchand. She's got like that, 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 that person. You're not going to get any,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get any argument from me on that one. That is spot on.
1: Yeah. Um, just, I, I think there was an idea a couple of probably last year, uh, where Jared, ellis of uh locked on canes actually we did like a little thing in the chat where we wanted to see which star wars character was oh no it was avengers who who in the league would be uh comparable to an avengers or if you had to assemble a team of avengers uh from the national hockey league who would it be and so it's interesting i think it works better with game of thrones because like i mean you have at least 50 to 70 different characters in each uh with, yeah. with all different personalities, um, so yeah, um, it, I I can't wait to see how your your last tweet for the last episode works out. Because even though I haven't finished the show, I know how everything kind of works out, but um, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, uh, any closing thoughts before we wrap things up?
0: Yeah, I um. I'm going to make that into an event. I might even do like a watch party for it. Oof. Um, just so that people can see my reaction and like talk me through it. But I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see when I get to that point, how, uh, how battered and broken down I am by what's going on. Um, yeah.
1: You, you might have to, you might, how it's
0: going as I feel it.
1: Yeah, you might have to take a break in between viewings because I, I, I call the, the breaks from TV shows the cigarette breaks where you just sit back, exhale, <laughs> just change your shirt because you've just been sweating yeah. the entire time. Maybe go outside and get some fresh air. Um, yeah, um, maybe we could turn that into a lockdown event before we, we get into the season because I, 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 there is a number of hosts that I think haven't watched Game of Thrones or are not finished with it. So we definitely got to turn that into something.
0: So. That's actually a really good idea. And so on-air production meeting, I think that's what I'll do is I'll just open it up to, you know, whoever wants to hop in and, and just watch me watch the chaos. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll make that happen. Well, Adam, thank you for, uh, for hopping in for this crossover here today. And uh, we'll, we'll navigate through the offseason. So make sure whether it be Locked On Lightning, Locked On Wilds, any of the other lockdown shows make sure you are keeping up to date with new episodes all throughout the week as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network
1: and a huge thanks to Seth uh, for getting together to do that little segment. I uh, had a lot of fun talking about Game of Thrones and it's it's really fun if you've been following. If you go ahead and look at Seth's tweets. On Locked On Wild as well. Uh, Really fun to see him watch Game of Thrones for the first time, and it was just really you know exciting to see all of that unfold on Twitter live as he's going it for the first time. Uh, So yeah, uh, definitely. I think he's almost done now. Now since we've we've recorded that, that was a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, uh, go ahead and follow him if you want to learn more about any of the the uh, on Wild, the whole situation they got on over there uh, in Minnesota with some of the moves they're making in the offseason. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow once again for my talk with Ross Colton. Definitely do not want to miss that. Uh, go ahead and follow us wherever podcasts are distributed on any app. Turn on those notifications so as soon as the interview drops, you'll be notified on your phone uh, and you could download it. And go ahead and like and subscribe as well so you can stay up to date on all the shows that drop as they drop got a lot of content a lot of great stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks as we build up towards training camp so that's been it for today's episode of locked on lightning part of locked on podcast network i'm your host adam tanker i'll talk to you next week